I can hear your kids screaming from three stories away. <laughs> probably two, <laughs> two, two blocks down the street. Yeah. They're they're at Salt and Straw actually right now, so you can hear them from there. What what am I hearing then? No, I'm joking. They're upstairs. Oh. <laughs> Benny, we can't hear you. Like that's fact. <laughs> we weren't joking. Can, can you hear me now? No, yeah. you can. Yeah, you just oh, had to great. mute and unmute. What's up, oh, buddy? There we go. Uh, not much, man. I'm I'm not mad. By the way, no, Benny is always mad. Benny's always mad. <laughs> Benny's the one who's throwing uh, studio issued headphones across rooms. That's why he has to wear the skull candy. Keeps breaking the nice ones because he's so mad. That's right. Angry all the time. <laughs> I have two other sets of very nice headphones right here that I cannot figure out how to get to work. Really? Yeah. I mean, I haven't tried that hard, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you be try plugging them in? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's as far as I got. I'll troubleshoot <laughs> them before next week. Uh, welcome <laughs> to uh, the 48th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast, where Benny is still tr- trying to get uh, figure out headphones that he didn't find in the bottom of a Cracker Jack box uh, <laughs> that he got at uh, T-Mobile Field or whatever the hell they're calling the Mariners ballpark now. And he's wearing a Mariners hat, which is covering up the good quaff, but that's okay because the Mariners won today or yesterday. And he's wearing a Chopham shirt, and he just got up and left. When I'm introducing Benny, he just gets up and leaves. Like, there's not a, hey, Benny, say hi to the listeners. Um, so that guy not greeting you listeners is Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. Uh, we are skipping right over to J.P. Bertram, whose kids are at Salt and Straw and screaming their heads off from six blocks away. J.P., how are you? I'm <laughs> good. I'm good. It was a fun weekend. My my family was in town. We celebrated a, a early birthday for my dad, whose birthday is today. So happy birthday, Jimbo! And Hell hi, yeah, happy dude. birthday, Jimbo! And hi, mom. She told me that uh, she will listen again if I talk about her. So hi, mom. Your mom hasn't been listening. She said they haven't been keeping up. Oh, that's yeah. okay. That's all right. Um, not, yeah, happy birthday to your dad. Happy birthday to my mom, whose birthday was on Friday. Went out to dinner with the uh, belligerent parents over here. Nice. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they are still listening, but shout out mom and dad <laughs> if you are. I, th- I think we talked about this at one point where like, like my dad is very fun, uh, but I'll, whenever like my entire writing career, he's always been like. I, I like this, Terry, but do, do you need to be so profane? Like, do you need to swear so much? And I'm like, yes, Dad, it's called language. It's colorful language. So when we started this, I remember being like, oh, my dad is going to listen. Like, he's going to listen and probably going to, like, send the link to all of our relatives who don't care about Oregon State sports and don't care for profanity or whatever. And I remember after, like, maybe the fifth episode or something when I think we really started rolling – and uh, you know we we overcame the belligerent babes takeover fiasco of the four. <laughs> <laughs> we were really getting our confidence, and my dad was like, "Terry, I I've been listening to belligerent beeves 
and I was like, oh no, here it comes. And he's went, it's very entertaining. <laughs> and that was, I love you, dad. I love you, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, the Happy 70th birthday, birthday, 70th birthday for my mom, the OG Katy Perry. Uh, JP, how old is uh, Papa Jimbo? 66. 60 plus. Yeah, 60, 60 plus. plus. Yeah. All of our parents are technically in the 60 plus range. Right. That's, that's right. That's right. where we get all our listeners in that in that demographic. Exactly. That's a yeah, shout that, out to all the 60 plusers. Right. Yeah. And go maybe uh, with all of your uh, fun retirement time, go go uh, take a vacation to Japan and listen to all of the episodes <laughs> of Belligerent Beefs podcast while you're there, so we can keep moving up the top rated sports podcast and the. <laughs> Great nation of Japan. We haven't heard from Carlos yet since he informed us that we were number ninety six. But we'll just assume we're we're still still on the up upswing. Yeah, either there or yeah. higher. For sure. For, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. You know what? I've actually seen on our website. I've seen traffic in Japan recently increasing. Hmm. I wonder if it's Yuri's grandma. <laughs> Maybe. Yuri's grandma is the sole reason for traffic increasing. <laughs> and and the 60 like, plus demographic. We're just checking like, all the boxes. Like JP is right. just on the traffic page of the website, constantly clicking refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> and then it says there's one more visit in Japan. And he's like, Yuri, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, what did you what did you guys do while your parents were in, in Portland? Jay? Oh man, what do you do in Portland? You eat and drink. So we did yeah. that. I, I have a beer tonight from one of the venues that we went to. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We had Gabbiano's Italian food on Northeast 30th and Killingsworth. Ooh. And it was phenomenal. So check out Gabbiano's in the old Yakuza uh, restaurant space right next to the old Beast space across from Expatriate. So if you guys are familiar with the intersection of 30th and Killingsworth, they uh, yeah. have a really cool spot. We sat outside. It was wonderful, amazing Italian food. So check it out. We also nice. went to um, Urban German yesterday, and it, we had some German food. It's out in St. John's, like right below the St. John's Bridge by Cathedral nice. Park. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's Occidental Brewing right Urban there. German. Yeah, and across the parking lot, it's like an old, I don't know, like 60s warehouse. You know, like it's got like a office with the like flagstone wall like entry. And then the rest of it's just like kind of like run down windows. But they, what Occidental Brewing has one side of that building and then Urban German, ha it's a worst house and they have the other side. And it was delicious too. So we went from Italy to Germany and drank everything in between. That's awesome. That place sounds amazing. We need to have a belligerent beeves gathering at Urban German since the three of us all have German ass last names. So <laughs> it, would, right. it, it would it would be very appropriate for the Weehage Bertram Horstman uh, triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> so, an urban versed house. It'd be just like back in 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 Berlin, so yeah. I had uh, the Bavarian beer versed, and it was like amazing. It was right. yeah, on Spetzel, <laughs> it was right. wonderful. 
Right. When I was growing up in Portland, that was like finding German food in general was hard, but like finding really good German food was almost impossible. Really good German food is tough. I feel like it wouldn't be hard to find in Minneapolis. Um. Yeah, there's there's a few spots, but also yeah. just German, even really good German food, even like say in Berlin, yeah. or in Germany, it's like that is literally it's the, a short the runway. Food. You run <laughs> like the threshold of being like I'm over German food is like one one worst at yeah. lunch. Like, <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah, you, you like, can't do it every day. Yeah, that for like, a celebration sausage mustard. Well, I mean, the beer lasts a lifetime, obviously. Right. <laughs> but you know, it's like, oh, like what sausage should I get? to differentiate from the sausage I had at lunch. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I, I remember when I visited our friend Hannah Page in, uh, in Copeland's Germany, we made like a breakfast, like obviously you can have sausage for breakfast, but I remember like there being a very broady kind of, I think it was like vice first or something like that. That was just like, Oh, here's a giant brat for breakfast. That wasn't, <laughs> Wasn't like the sausage links you'd see at Denny's. And I'm like, I don't know that I can have sausage for another year and a half uh, of my life. <laughs> Dude, when I lived with Benny, he ate so much summer sausage. He would just buy yeah. it, buy the, the, like the five pound roll of it, like from Fred Meyer and just like eat it right off of. It was so, it was so satisfying cutting it because it had a little wrapper uh, around it and just pulling yeah. a little wrapper off of real skinny pieces. By was, wrapper, uh... do you mean sausage casing? <laughs> no, no, it had a wrapper. It had a wrapper. Also, also, like you talked about not having brats very – like you can't do it very often. And I agree now, but there was definitely a point in my life oh, in brats. college where I right. grilled brats like twice a day. All the time. For like months. <laughs> Grilling brats is different. Like authentic German sausage at like a first house. That's true. They're, they're delicious, but it's like even they're much richer. Different. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so um, – I fuck. I forgot how I like uh, got on this, but uh, I think I was with a, a, I was with a friend of mine this weekend. We were talking about getting like plans together to grill someday, and somehow I ended up quoting. <laughs> Betty just lit a joint, listeners. That's what that sound was, and why, why we started laughing. He never does it subtly, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. Benny's muted for the foreseeable future. Uh, but rem remember that episode of um, uh, Workaholics where it, it, they end up going out with their boss's like brother who's like really fun and delightful and they like get in trouble but it's like we're gonna go back home and drink like you guys got beers at home right and one of them goes got a 12er yesterday and then i think it was adam was like oh actually we don't because i beer battered some brats and then drank 11 beers <laughs> rude i don't know why but that quote popped in my head this weekend just talking about grilling so we're talking about brats and grilling and when you, when, when, you, when you grilled brats for probably <laughs> yeah. six meals in a row, JP, we we're probably watching six episodes of Workaholics in a row. For sure. Well. I was like hooked dude. on brats, dude. I was, I would roll, I don't even know if this is safe. I would roll my gas grill into the garage in the pouring rain. That's not safe. For sure safe. 
Well, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I would do it. I would yeah, do it. I would crack the garage door a little bit, but not enough that the grill would get wet, <laughs> and not enough that I would asphyxiate myself <laughs> with yeah. propane. Yeah, but <laughs> you generally want to be turning on propane tanks in in wooded areas. <laughs> it was a wood, yeah, fully wooded, unfinished garage. <laughs> I'm glad I survived. I think. Am I dead? Me too. No. <laughs> okay, good. You're tricking me. <laughs> hey, if heaven is the belligerent beefs podcast we're we're all in luck yeah i agree nice well benny i kind of gave you the silence treatment earlier but you're back now your microphone's working you're sitting in your chair <laughs> you're looking at me with a deer in the headlights look but you got a nice <laughs> mariner hat on you were tweeting about the mariners this weekend i i hope that we have a lot of uh mariner i think we have a lot of mariner fan listeners probably but how apart from the Mariners, so. how was how was your weekend? Uh, well, the Mariners were part of it. They they won the series against the Mets, uh, so that was good. Ooh, yeah, and the Mets um, are good. And you discovered that yeah. uh, the NL has DH now. <laughs> yeah, JPC didn't want to talk about it on the group chat, but I feel I feel like this could be fun because I JP's such a purist. I, I have to say, I um, so my girlfriend Yuri's a a very big baseball fan too. We had a conversation about this. Um, both of our favorite teams play in the American League, but she's a Yankee uh, both fan, of us, right? She is, yeah. Um, but both of us were very disappointed that the NL does not does, has the DH now. Not a fan of it. It's permanent now. Yeah, I know. Because they did it. Know. They did it for COVID. And I kind of understood that. Like, you got to keep pitchers healthy because they are you know, a limited supply. And if you got a guy getting exposed out in the field more and more along the base paths at home plate, you're asking for trouble. So I, I, guess, I yeah. got that. But this, <laughs> but but the MLB was very opportunistic with leveraging a global oh, pandemic. Now, it, to, now it's just here. Yeah, like the <laughs> runner on second, extra innings. <laughs> All the 108-year-old NL heads who have hated this for years. Die slow. We don't care. <laughs> I'm not Anyways, a fan. It was the – yeah, me neither. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I'm in favor of it. Yeah, but you're a fan of the AL. So it's Benny. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I know. I like the, yeah. I'm not a fan of the AL. I'm a fan of but the I mean, we're more likely. Yeah, but you're more likely right. to think it sounds – it feels normal and you're I know, but I also just think it's like – they should have just done it all at once. Whenever they came, whenever the AL got the designated hitter, it should have been an. It should have just been an AL thing. Well, the, I knew it was destined to happen when like Edgar Martinez gets into the Hall of Fame. It's like okay, if you're gonna right. put if you're gonna put a shout DH out Edgar, Hall, if you're gonna put a DH in the Hall of Fame, then that legitimizes that they are truly a baseball player. They're not just a specialist doing one thing. Right and playing half the game, which is what they're doing. Yeah, and, but in the eyes of the MLB and the stupid voting committee of the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is a whole other topic, I don't want to get into. It is, it is another topic. We 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 tend to agree on more things there if we open it up. What if like <laughs> like, like just for fun, let's like imagine this across like other sports. Like, what if the Eastern Conference just got rid of the three point line? <laughs> or added a four point line? <laughs> or added a four point line? Or I had a player that only could shoot threes? Yeah. What if the AFC had to go for two after every touchdown and there just weren't extra Look, points? <laughs> I think that there's something to be said about, like, baseball is the only sport that had two 
conferences if baseball is the only sport that, that made zero sense and i God, like that it, i am it you're so i hate interrupting Terry. i hate that it makes a little bit more sense though. sorry for interrupting continue then i have tried to make 10 points i have successfully made one thank you terry <laughs> i was saying that baseball was the only sport that had two leagues that had that were like sort of their own they were unique from each other yeah. and and now they're not anymore and so anyways that's sad that was my point. You said you had 10 points. I, d- I mean, before in the show, maybe. Give <laughs> or take nine. But, so yeah. I've, I've, you're, I've interrupted you from making 90% of your points throughout the whole history of belligerent beefs. No, it is today. All solid po- they're all solid just points, today. too. So if my yeah. points are poor going forward, then you ruin the good ones. Are we including the episodes you skipped? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of good points uh well what else did you do this weekend benny other than yell about discovering that the dh <laughs> is in the nl six weeks into the season yeah i know you uh, follow I, teams so it's it's and we're not watching uh mlb.tv until the wee hours of the night well maybe jp is but yeah I finished the stone wall that I was building in my front yard. You did, which was nice. which was a major accomplishment. Uh, it was it was one of those tasks that I took on that I thought I could finish in a couple of days, and it took way longer than I thought. But I like the the finished product, so it was a, a successful and productive weekend. How is your drip system doing? Drip system is still yet to be built. Oh shit! Yeah. There's something poetic about you building a stone wall. I just think about you being stoned building a stone wall. I was. It helps. <laughs> it, I it like. I can. Be, I knew it. I can sit there and make sure that a level is actually level. I get too like just. I'm. I'm over this. I'm done. The the wall will be crooked if I'm sober. But when I'm stoned, I can take the time to like make sure it's perfectly level. And then, <laughs> so, it, it worked building my stone wall stoned was yeah it was a success wait this isn't a level it's a butterfinger how's that how's that god i'm starving because i'm hungry as because i just ate the level so good thing there is this one (laughs) well if i just angle the picture different it'll look level on instagram and that's all yuri cares about i'll just use the butterfingers to level the picture going forward Nice. Well, that's 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 really fun. Um, in other news, we want to give a special thank you to everyone who showed up to our birthday Twitter Spaces on Wednesday. Y'all are the shit. Yeah, that we was had, fun. We had, that was so much fun. I got drunk. I was hungover the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize how much I think I was like, I'll do a whiskey drink for the Twitter spaces, you know, because if it's beer, like I'm just going to keep cracking beers, whatever. It's going to become too much. And whiskey, it's like I'll pour a stiff whiskey. I'll probably have one more. And hmm. I think I had maybe like three more. So, so three whiskey was more. your safe bet? <laughs> I, well, I was like, I'll, I'll drink whiskey slow, more slowly than I would drink right. a hams, per se, mm. or the <laughs> other beer that I have as my beer of the episode that we'll get into uh, in a short few here. Mm. But then I was just like, I was having so much fun, and I was just at, at my kitchen table uh, chatting with everyone. So, like, the whiskey bottle was there, so like I kind of would just throw another, like, cocktail ice cube in it and then fill it up a little bit more. 
chat a little bit more. It's like, oh, now we're now we're doing uh, we're doing men's basketball with the Peyton years. Like, yeah, let's like, let's get into this. Da, 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 and then fill it up a little bit. Like now we're talking about NFT and NIL with PM and shit. Da, 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 da. And like now we're like, yeah, it's like or we're starting with like Marcus Graves and Ashton. And oh, now Tim Ewis is here and Alexis Stern is here. This is so much fun. And it's like, all right, let's open it up to the whole Beaver fam. And like in between, it's just like, I don't know how many times I like kept pouring and then i woke up at 7 a.m on Wednesday, on thursday and was like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> people at work were like dude did you like go on a raging party last night i was like no i just went on, on twitter, twitter. With my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good time though yeah i had so much fun yeah it's on youtube yeah, now by the way if you guys haven't seen oh yes check out the youtube i'm still loving the, the, the jp this is one of my favorite things you've done the one full year of belligerent beeves intros <laughs> yeah it's that hilarious honestly if if you want anyone it's like people are like belligerent beeves i don't know if i need to get into this like what's this podcast like well this is a 48th episode so there's like i don't know there's probably close to like 75 80 hours of us just talking nonsense yeah. on here. But the the intro uh, compilation video is 25 minutes. <laughs> so 24 minutes, <laughs> 24 minutes. Yeah. Have your, have, give your friends like 24 minutes of your time. Uh, you can even stop halfway through a quarter of the way through <laughs> an eighth of the way through. <laughs> You'll get the idea. But <laughs> it was just such a great snapshot. Of every, I love it because like we start so many intros already laughing from what we were talking about beforehand, and then we end so many intros just laughing about what was discussed in the intro. So so many of the intros are hard to decipher, like when they start and stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, without without the intro music kicking in because right, without yeah, it's like the intro music's just like on a loop for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun to put that together oh, for sure. Like it was, it was pretty hilarious because I mean, if you have been listening since the beginning or near the beginning, first shout out to you. Yeah. Second, it's a narrative podcast. If you haven't out. started with episode one, go back and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many Easter eggs. We mapped out the first 800 episodes, and there's a narrative arc that you're <laughs> not going to want to be out of the loop on when we hit episode 800. So you better go back. <laughs> Take notes. There, Take there, notes. There is something, though, about the intros that makes you like remember the episode. And it's pretty funny to think about, uh, you know, like what. The topics that were covered, uh, and then the ways right. the ways we broke into them without these episodes yeah. began. Occasionally becoming a robot. That one was the best. Oh, that! Oh my god, that was so funny. Yeah. Did you, wait, at any point during that episode, did you guys think that this was going to turn full Westworld, and I was like going to come through your computer and kill you like a host? I, I think you were angry enough to do that, but I knew that wasn't like physically possible. I probably could have convinced myself that that was possible, but <laughs> I was angry. I was angry enough for four seconds, and then I found the humor in it. Dude, my stomach hurt so bad the next day <laughs> from laughing so hard. I was like, that was the first time in so long that I had gotten to a point. You know when you laugh so hard that you're just your mouth is open and your belly yes. is shaking, but that no literally happened to all three of us last episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
that happened to me for so long that I think I strained some muscles in my tummy. It, it really hurt. This is why you needed to crush your core with Emma Lovewell on Peloton. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I've been slacking, but I've had a good couple days now. I really fucked my knee up this weekend, you guys. Oh, here we go. This sounds like help. an excuse for me it's just not an excuse. lapping you on the <laughs> annual challenge. You were lapping me before that. No, you were but in the, the lead for like the first month. Yeah, I got. I'm a, I'm a January boy, homie. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those my, New Year's resolution dudes. My New Year's, my I get a good solid month out of those New Year's resolutions. <laughs> but my New Year's resolution wasn't to beat JP in the annual. I think I just talked a bunch of shit that it might happen, but I was joking. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the year is not half over yet. You could still break your leg, and then you would do four hours of meditation per day. And still, and still win, which I would argue would make you uh, the healthiest you've ever been, JP. Because I don't, I don't put any of the Peloton workouts in a hierarchy, uh, which is obvious given the two hundred plus stretches I've done, which is still my number one category. <laughs> which is probably why I was re- able to recover from fucking my knee up so bad quickly. I was helping wow. a friend rubber band move. man. I was helping a friend <laughs> move. JP played five seconds of Rubber Band Man by yes. Ti. Yeah! Yeah! Nice. <laughs> now play now play five seconds of rubber band man by the spinners the song that he's that ti sampled oh yeah it's a it's a great they're both great fucking songs though nice um dude i fucking love ti yeah why is ti not doing anything anymore i i think he's fine to kick it that's yeah. a, that's the arc of a rap career you, like, right. you you literally just like put out songs for about five years and you have a couple number one hits and then you just sit no but even he, had he was an that, actor too right yeah and rembert rembert brown had wrote an article for the ringer i'm gonna ask you to link to this jp if you can it's called the incredible like like the four the four anthem run of or the four album run of TI it's on the ring it's amazing it's just, it talks about um I'm serious uh trap music fuck what's the other one and king so four four albums over like 6 years that had like 16 bangers on them we could do an entire episode of just 5 seconds of like cuts Straight cuts by Ti, and that would fill the entire episode. Dude, that reminds me of Urban Legend. Urban, le- Urban, oh, Urban yeah, Legend. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. So King came out like my freshman year at Oregon State. So that was the end of the run. But like a lot of those songs, like got kept getting more and more popular. Like later, right? Like I remember, like every single basketball team in high school had Bring Them Out as their. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Jim Entrance song like. Like, uh, JP, please play five seconds. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I, I'm not going to ask another she had, uh, moratorium on TI, five second TI request for the rest of the episode, but play bring them out. Cause like, it was like every single like <laughs> freshman team and JV team thought they were as clever as fuck. There's like, oh, he's saying bring them out while we're running out. Um, we're running out of the locker room yeah. makes so much sense this song's yeah, for us yeah get get loose was amazing yeah god just so many co- and what you know about that which was mm. uh joe mauer's oh yeah joe mauer's played appearance song for his entire 700 year career 
and <laughs> and Ti when they retired Joe Maurer's number, uh, both uh, Ti and Buster Posey were included in the same like tribute video congratulating Joe Maurer. I think that's the <laughs> first and only time that Ti and Buster Posey have been technically collaborators on the same project, <laughs> <laughs> which makes this notable. Um, how do we start talking about Ti? Uh, rubber bandman. Oh, because yeah. I broke my knee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went. Long story short, holding a moving a heavy ass mattress into a U-Haul in a apartment parking lot where I didn't know one of those like thick ass divider like pole like parking lot poles was that like come out of the ground to stop you from like driving into a area that you're mm. not supposed to drive into and I couldn't see the pole at all. I ran. Like, not ran, because I was holding a heavy ass. Yeah, I was just saying, what? But I walked basically <laughs> as fast as I could straight into it. My knee took the yellow paint off of the pole, and I keeled over. And then the top of the pole, because they're not very tall, went straight in my stomach. So I hit my knee really hard and simultaneously had the wind knocked out of me. Shit, I'm going to crush your core. On Saturday morning, exactly. I can hear, you know, when she's like, like engage your core, like brace, like you're about to be punched, punched in the yeah. stomach by something really hard. I was like, this was what she was preparing me for. <laughs> <laughs> and that part, I got my wind back, thankfully, pretty quickly. But my knee for like until um, like this morning, I went running today and it was fine. So it, it got back pretty quickly. But nice. There was, I was like, Good I tried time. to help him. I tried to help him move. Like I tried to pick up a dresser like 30 minutes later and my knee was like, who do you think you are? Like I just exploded. You're trying to pick up a dresser. You mid thirties. Fuck. <laughs> Terry, are we sure you didn't just sabotage the moving assistance by purposely I, running yeah, into on in yeah, this the first piece of furniture? Experience. I yeah. woke up hungover, listed one thing, was like, fuck this. You know <laughs> yeah. what, guys? I'm running into a horse. suckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terry just ran straight into it with his head down. It was weird. Uh, but we're not here to talk about uh, the um, how helpful of a moving buddy I am or the uh, – condition of my knee or the designated hitter uh in the national league um, or ti that we could be talking about ti god can we just have a ti episode i'm gonna put it to listeners because uh, we got summer coming up we're gonna we'll probably take that's true i'd, I'd say when we're, we're, we're planning to still be a weekly podcast even once baseball and softball season are over and then throughout the summer well I, i'll say we'll probably take a one week break once all of the sports are done and then go into weekly whatever but won't be a long break so we're gonna have a lot of airtime to fill listeners mm. whether you're a patreon subscriber whether this is your first show listening you can find us on twitter on instagram you can email us at belligerentbees at gmail.com what are some random ass topics mm. like the rapper ti or German food <laughs> or the best food to eat a lot of beers, other shit. <laughs> um, how annoying Terry's voice is. Uh, who's the angry, who's clearly the angriest belligerent bee between Terry, Benny, and JP? Just random ass topics. Any, <laughs> anything you'd like us to do, like deep dive in, we'll pick a few and we'll just have like random episodes, even if it's something we don't know anything about, which oh, is it'd be so fun. Like, yeah. what if, like, we, like, chose something, like, on a, 
we'll probably be recording on Monday evenings throughout the summer, it sounds like. What if we just, like, got a topic at, like, noon on Sunday and, like, by record time on Monday, we had to, like, learn as much as we could about it and just, like, put put a good episode together. We could do it. I'm so down for that. <laughs> absolutely could. So, listeners, yeah, let's let's start, uh, you know, just compiling good ideas now. Like, so use, use the rapper, use T.I.'s rapping career as a template <laughs> for random <laughs> things you want covered on belligerent beef summer school <laughs> and uh and and we'll and we'll start uh we'll start brainstorming on them but we've got a lot to get to tonight a lot of fun stuff to get to uh not a hundred percent uh good news across the board but really a, a lot of exciting things happening a lot of reason for optimism within the beaver fam uh more uh, expanding on the great spaces sessions that we had on, on Wednesday night. Uh, so we really need to get into all of that. But first, uh, we need to once again shout out our friends at Seamheaded. This episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast is brought to you by the team at Seamheaded. Beaver fam, summer is here and baseball season is in full swing. And you are not ready for your hot beef summer until you visit seamheaded.com. Seamheaded is an independent lifestyle brand specializing in baseball-themed apparel. If you believe that baseball is more than a game, but a way of life, like we do, then Seamheaded is the brand for you. Because baseball is more than a game, and Seamheaded celebrates the rich history of our national pastime with unique designs for all baseball enthusiasts. And it now has an all new collection inspired by and for belligerent beeves listeners. That's right. Your three time national championship and current Pac 12 leading Oregon State baseball team and the podcast that's crazy about them has its own line of Seamheaded shirts. They've got a hashtag Chopum T, a belligerent beef jersey. The super dope Corvallis map home plate tee, a dope ass tee with Benny the Beaver wearing crazy shades for the kids that I've seen people just going crazy about on social media. Uh, so much good stuff and much, much more available in men's, women's, and kids' sizes. And as a listener of the Belligerent Beefs podcast, you get 31% off on all seam-headed Belligerent Beefs products when you use the promo code CHOPEM at checkout that is chopem c-h-o-p-e-m at checkout so hit up seamheaded.com today to get 31 percent off the belligerent bees collection when you use that promo code for the nicest discount in the game if you get 31 percent off a product you guys how much percent of the product are you paying for I know we're not mathematicians. A very noise amount. The noise, the noisest. It's just, it's not a number. It's just noise. <laughs> All right, we gotta stop before we start doing Australian accents. Again. I was gonna say, let's not go that route again. <laughs> Offend Travis Bazana's whole family. Let's go to the Diamond Sports. But first, let's talk about beers because we forgot that bar. <laughs> It's okay, we can cheers to the cheers to the time in sports. Why didn't any of you stop me before I started reading the (laughs) JP, what are you drinking tonight? (laughs) No, this is a good segue in, and I'll tell you why. So the spot we went to on Saturday that I didn't mention yet was Level Brewing. It's like right off of Sandy. I think it's Buckman Kern's Level Brewing 
how beer house or something. Anyways, it's uh it's really cool. I have not been there yet. I've had a lot of level beer beers. Uh, they do all their stuff like themed, right? For video games, classic video games, or any sort of old eighties, nineties pop culture. They they try to incorporate into their branding. Very That's cool dope. spot. They've got Olympia provisions there. They've got uh, another like Mexican food cart there. All outdoor area, big indoor area. Some they had Ninja Turtles, not even Turtles in Time, but the Ninja Turtles arcade, which me and the mini baby wait, were, yeah, not Turtles in Time. No, so this game, this this game predate Turtles in Time. It does. Or is it? This is the original Ninja Turtles arcade. It was Holy cool. Shit. Yeah, and if you if you're from the sixty plus demographic you'll love the fact that there is a pong tabletop game that isn't a screen it's mechanical which i've never seen before like literally you look down and like there's real pieces sliding in the balls actually like a, a little like cube moving across the table under some plexiglass it's very sick anyways back when games made sense the mechanical <laughs> pong of my childhood I picked this beer for tonight because I actually grabbed it from Level. So, again, shout out Level Beer. They did this in partnership with Crux Fermentation Project and Bend. Shout out Central Oregon. Shout out the Cascades Oregon State Campus. But, we love Central Oregon. Yeah, we yeah, do. It's the best. Yeah. But I, this is this is picked because it felt like this is becoming like the, the – uh, I'll call it what the beer's called, Boss Battle, for all of our athletics. This is like the final challenge for their spring seasons are approaching. And we've got Ooh, softball, I like you know, heading off. We've got baseball with a big series coming up. We've got golf finishing up their seasons, hopefully extending their seasons. So this is the Level Beer Crux Partnership, and it is the Boss Battle IPA. Dude, I love it. Mm. We yeah, could do a whole episode on boss battles of old video games. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know what's, what's really hard, by the way, is Mario 64, when you have to throw Bowser into those bombs that are, like, off the ledge. And if you throw him yeah. off the ledge and you miss the bomb, he just comes back and just ruins everything over and over again. I never beat Mario 64, but I did watch older kids do it back when it <laughs> first came out. <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, I did. You, you guys mm. suck. <laughs> no, I didn't have I didn't have a Nintendo sixty four, but my cousin did. I think the only sixty four game I beat was Star Fox. Oh, that was oh, that, that was fun. Star yeah. Fox might Full remain. Barrel. <laughs> Use the boost to get through. <laughs> Love that shit. All right, well, uh, you got to give us your uh, untapped score. Three point eight. Oh, so the boss levels not beating the boss level. Yeah, it's losing to me. The, the, oh, okay. the, the IPA boss. But it is a single IPA, not a double. You are like the untapped boss. Like, beers are just, like, trying to get Bowser to give them a 5.0 rating, and you're just throwing them back into the bombs with faces on them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You lose. That just sounds hard. <laughs> that it does was. sound hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Kart was a great game. Oh, that was really good, too. And just the Super Mario Brothers was a great game as well. Mm -hmm. the original one mm -hmm. the super mario three. bros was oh three okay yeah. this is a total tangent i feel like we're, we're prone to this 
the Super Mario Three, which is on Nintendo. Someone's listening to this for the first time and it's like, <laughs> talk, Do they talk, about about... Wade, talk about Wade Meckler, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're, we're setting it up. This is all the setup. <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> but Mario 2, Mario 2 was like the worst game. And it's because, do you remember the game? Do you remember it at all? That's where you like pulled radishes. You like plucked radishes out of the ground. Oh yeah, I, the Super them. Nintendo ones all kind of run but, together for me. No, this was Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, but you, it, it was like an up game. Yeah, you would go up and down and yeah. like it's a left and right, and it was like like you could be like Toad or Mario or Luigi or Peach, and like Peach like could like hover, and like Luigi could jump a little higher or something. I don't, but either way, it's because. When Japan released Super Mario Bros. 2, it was actually just like, because you know Super Mario Bros., the original one, it gets ha- progressively harder every level, right? Of course. And well, yeah, like that was like just a classic arc of the of a video game back then. But then they just kept going with difficulty from the end of Mario Bros. to <laughs> Mario 2, and they deemed it too difficult. For yeah. like w- the Western world to be able to accomplish <laughs> in a game, and that they that is, that is such a slap in the face. <laughs> no, dude, have you tried that game? Nintendo programmer, it is. Have very you tr- hard. You can play it now. It's called Mario Two: The Lost Levels, and it is super hard. Like, it is white people won't be able to hard. figure this out. <laughs> they weren't wrong. It, they like, weren't it, wrong. It, it, it was so hard, and like, can you imagine? Like, I'm sure Nintendo's thinking. This is going to ruin us because if they can't beat the game, it's probably more about our fragile egos than it is about our yeah. skills on the, on the D-pad. But I've never thrown electronic across the room out of frustration for it not working. Uh, that is a Super Mario uh, from the Nintendo company out of Japan where the belligerent beefs are the 96 strength sports <laughs> podcasting. That's right. Japan. Um, we should move uh, forward. Uh, Benny... Get us on track, which is always a, a sentence that I regret saying. Benny, get us on track, but hey, I'm kicking it to you, buddy. It's gonna be hard. Let's steer I don't that Mario Kart back onto the track at Wario Stadium. <laughs> I feel like there's turtle shells being thrown at me left and right right now. Red and green. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I don't have a drink, but I do have a joint, and I would give it. Um, uh, five Benny the Beaver heads, I guess, is what my ranking is. Twelve be. Butterfingers out of nine levels, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's mellow, and uh, it is uh, putting me in a laughing mood, which I like. Nice. So, highly recommend it. I don't know the brand or the the strain or anything <laughs> but like that. Great. But it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it purchased legally? Uh, yeah. Does illegal weed <laughs> even happen in the Pacific Northwest anymore? No. I do, why would you like getting in the back car of a or backseat of a car of, with a stranger versus just walking exactly. into a store? I, was, I knew you're, we're gonna go to the top cigarette a bit. <laughs> Where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. explaining to our, our our when our kids are like weed smoking age, explaining how we got weed when we were teenagers versus what their life is gonna be like at teenagers. Why don't you just go in the store and buy it? Like, why well, had to get in cars with strangers, Tommy? That that was the only way to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds lovely. Um, it yeah. is uh, mid-May. 
Thank you for tuning into the Belligerent Peace Podcast. We're recording this on Monday, May 16th, 2022. I got the word and there the date right. This, nice. This time. Nice so, job. And this sort of orange-tinted uh, beer with Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Box on it is called a Cabin Crusher Kolsch-style ale with lime. And uh, it's from Summit Brewing, a uh, titan of the brewing industry here in the Twin Cities and just the Midwest overall. And it's a great summertime beer. I'm glad it's back and stocked all over my local liquor store. So I'm going to give it a nice crack and <sighs> taste tastes like baseball season. Love mm. that. Just, you know, nice. grass and dirt. Grass and dirt and sun and sunburn. I've gotten pretty toasted <laughs> a couple of times already this uh, this May. Uh, lucky you. We've had like the most job. rainy May of all time. It's been here. so bad. Yeah. Has it? Shit. Yes. Is it going to be nice for the uh, Beavs Bruins series? Yeah. Nice. It's going to be like nice. 70 something on Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are you going to make it down at all, Jay? I'm going on Saturday. Did you not? You nice. clearly had too much whiskey because at the end of our birthday party, I reminded everyone. Oh, I didn't remember stage. the end of our own birthday party. Who has ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'll be man. there. I be feel there like it got. Yeah, nice. that got. I had so much fun at the birthday party. I feel like we got a little too uh, personal at the end there. But anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> JP will be at the game on Saturday, so say hi to JP. Uh, will Will uh, Everett be with you? He will. Will your Will your awesome wife and daughter be with you? They will not. Okay. It's a boys just, trip. Just boys trip. Boys. Nice. Boys day. Yes. You was it, the, you was it hard Bay. to snag a ticket? I feel yes. like they're they're selling out. Goss for uh, every game. It was like, it was expensive to grab a ticket. Wow. We're section four. We're in section four. So if you're listening, you want to come say hi. We're section four, row four. And they've got nice. the te- they got the temporary seating added as well. So it'll probably be be new new records all three games. I would I would guess. Yeah, we're gonna talk more softball too. More baseball. Sorry, because we need to start talking about softball. Yes, uh, softball. Uh, took two out of three against Utah at home uh, to to end the regular season on a good note. And what a good note it turned out to be because it was enough to hear their name called during the selection show to the Knoxville Regional we go where we will start our postseason road to Oklahoma against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Campbell will be the fourth seed in that regional. But the interesting thing to note in this four-team double elimination regional is the one seed and host tennessee volunteers who we've already beaten yeah it was months ago but we did it <laughs> i'm i'm excited i was i was nervous i have to admit um i thought that the the losing streak uh when during throughout like the meat of the schedule would have held the team back but you know at the end of the day Laura Berg's crew, 33 and 19, a, a really impressive mark. Uh, and, you know, in back in February, we talked about the Mary Nutter classic on the show. We talked a lot about Mary Nutter. That was one of those random topics where we tried to figure out if that's where Nutter Butter came from. And turns out it wasn't. Um, but the, the more important part. <laughs> Part of the Mary Nutter Classic was a five-two uh, victory against the Tennessee Volunteers, where um, our lone senior um, 
shout out to uh, Mariah Mazzone, who is the lone senior recognized on uh, Senior Day. Uh, she's had a phenomenal season, and uh, part of that season was uh, pitching a complete game uh, win against the Tennessee Volunteers and cool. that 5-2 victory. You know, uh, struck out 11 against just two walks, allowed just five hits, only one earned run, and at the dish uh, went hit two for or hit three for four. Drove in two, went yard, scored another two. So uh, just, I'm guessing to to move on, we're gonna have to have to, have to play the burnt orange uh, Tennessee Volunteers again. Uh, so hope hope for the same thing out of Mariah. But yeah, we've had a lot of fun following this team all year. So I'm just I'm just so happy for this group that the that the dream's not done yet. I just love pitchers who rake, and it's so nice that we could still watch a sport where pitchers can rake. Your, my mind went to where your mind went. Yeah. Can like, we talk yeah. about the actual softball yeah. team and not Major League Baseball? No, I am. But what I want to say is this, is that that, that uh, game one against Utah, wow. I mean, like, what a finish. It was definitely one of those games where uh, they could have just let – again, we've talked about we could They could have just let the, the weight of the losing streak take them down. And they clawed back into it. They 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 stood up strong and like in the tenth inning, put on the uh, three run drop in the triple by you know, Kaylee Nelson with the two outs. Right. To win by well, a score that of eight whole to seven. that whole rally started with two outs. Right. The bases were empty. We're down seven to five. Yes. So to like. Okay, first and foremost, I said I, this team needed to sweep Utah to have a chance. They took two or three. They got in, and I'm super excited for them. But one thing I want to re- re- continue around myself and the listeners is that this team, like you said, Terry, they've already beat Tennessee. It's just, it, it's established that they're a highly talented team. The weight of the losing streak was hard to shake. They shook it in probably the most dramatic fashion you really can by winning in extras after being down and also being up. I mean, they had the lead. They had they had the game in the bag, and Utah came back. So the, the fact that they were able to pull that one out, they won the next day, and you know they, they didn't close the season with the W, but they did enough to get in. Now they're in. Their talent can shine. I'm hoping for big things. I'm expecting big things from them. I think they'll make a lot of noise. And not not only that, and I agree with everything you said, but the fact that they, um, the fact that they've already beaten Tennessee, and Tennessee's the number one team in the regional on hosting, I feel like that that's exactly what they needed, right? Yeah. It, because they they need that boost of confidence or they need that added confidence. Utah definitely got them on the right track, but now they're in a regional where they've already beat the number one team. So they know that they can do it again. Um, and I think going into a regional as a three seed, typically you're like, I mean, the team believes in itself, but like it's it, pretty slim chances that you're going to go through. I think it's different for Oregon State going into this Knoxville regional, um, and they can certainly capitalize on the momentum that they were able to build against Utah. Um, and, and trying to be unbiased as, as possible here, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State made it through. Yeah, yeah neither would I. We've got a stacked ass team, and we exactly. already. I think Tennessee's. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the 11th overall seed in in the whole tournament. So yeah, it's that that win back in February. I know it was back in February, but I think 
the you know committee kind of realized that this team has played a, a pretty uh, stacked schedule as well and has some pretty impressive wins, even with that, the, that losing streak uh, considered. Um, it's the first time we're going to the tournament um, since 2018. Fifth time overall for us under Laura Berg, but first time since 2018. So congrats to you, Coach, uh, for getting getting the team back to the big dance. Hell yeah. uh, the 33-win regular season total is the highest uh, for this squad since 2013. So, it, I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard. It, there, it's, it's a double-edged sword to you know look at that and be like, yes, 33-win season, awesome obviously was strong enough to get to the tournament. Um, but it's also a little coulda, shoulda, woulda, where you had a new year record setting season that included a, a, a 10 game losing streak. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like seasons are long for a reason teams go through up and downs. Um, and you know, someone's gonna, someone's gonna win the whole damn thing at the, the end of this thing. And they're not going to be an undefeated team. <laughs> who, had, who didn't go through any adversity and i think just with how how young uh this team is and what they've gone through and just how they've kept playing their asses off and just yeah that the end of that utah game showed me everything that i need to see to just completely completely believe uh in in these young ladies so i'm excited as hell that game friday may 20th 1 p.m pacific time I'll be on the beach in Cancun trying to find a place to watch it. <laughs> I love how I was going on this trip to relax, and now I'm just going to be screaming at, like, my iPhone <laughs> somewhere. But anyway, uh, be sure to find a way. Um, I haven't seen TV or whatever if it's going to be – if it's all going to be ESPN+, Plus. Uh, I would imagine. Uh, That'll probably most coverage, it I, I yeah. guess so. So – Get ESPN Plus if you haven't yet. Get a friend's password. Uh, further shout-outs for the team are needed. Uh, prior to uh, the uh, selection show, five players were selected to all Pac-12 teams, um, including senior Mariah Mazzone and junior Frankie Hamoudi. Hamoudi, Frankie Vibes, named to the first team. Uh, our freshman, uh, Kiki Escobar and Sarah Handyguest, both earned second team and were on the all-freshman team. While... Uh, Fellow freshman Eliana Gottlieb was also on the all freshman team, so that's just a great combination of veteran leadership and also the future looking bright, while the present is also bright. So yeah, let's get it now. Let's get it now. Let's beat Ohio State. Fuck them. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, if you look, what is it? The historically we've played Ohio State seven times. We're five and two against them all time. None of this means anything other than we did play them two years ago uh, at a tournament at, in Tempe, and we split the two games. So okay, there might be some holdovers, of course, from from that season that uh, have the experience. I, I I honestly think it's this: like you don't win seventeen games in a row, and all of a sudden get figured out. Like you won that many games because you're talented, you're highly talented. There might be some part of it that said it got stifled because some team figured out a way to beat you, which is what happened, of course, to end the end the uh, winning streak. But I like you. You can't overlook a team like ours that could pull off a run like that. That has the youth and the drive and desire that they do, and the fight that they do in a tournament style setting. And I. 
really, really think we're going to show Ohio State who is the real the OSU. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I we agree. should bet. We should bet the the on this game. <laughs> Fine, let's do it. Let's find someone who so, find someone who will bet with us. <laughs> we have nothing to lose. The, <laughs> I don't know who the president of yeah is. There, all right, I don't know if there's a belligerent Buckeyes podcast, mm. but if there is, you can tell Brutus. You can tell that fuck Brutus <laughs> that we're coming for him and we're taking the goddamn the. Benny, what are you eating? Beecher's mac and cheese. It's I so love how good. you were muted and then unmuted yourself to eat mac and cheese into the microphone. Could you hear it? Yeah. Mm, man, I hope it sounds as good as it tastes. It sounds pretty delicious. I can't lie. It kind of yeah. sounds like styrofoam. Well, I love me some mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, this stuff is good. Shout yeah. out Beecher's. Beecher's Dude, cheese. I made some it's mac and shit. cheese with some leftover steak recently. Ooh, Ooh. that was was bomb. You guys ever you guys ever put hot sauce in your mac and cheese? All the yes. time. You have the yeah. sriracha. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a sort of normal thing, but I wasn't sure. It's the <laughs> shit. If you haven't done it, yeah. put hot sauce in your mac and cheese. Sir, sriracha is one of those like hot sauces too, where like. When we were in college, like everyone just had like a thousand things of sriracha, right? All the time. And then like five years ago, everyone decided to like spontaneously agree that sriracha was bad, so everyone started hating on sriracha. It was like the old Never. like so overrated it became underrated type type oh. thing. I've always just been kind of like good on sriracha, like good like I like sriracha. Mm. Oh, I love sriracha. Interesting. It's in our fridge all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I use sriracha. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's God's gift to Earth because that is you, JP. For that Thank your you. Halloween costume. In it was. I forgot about that. <laughs> no. It was, well, yeah. It was God's gift to women, but yeah. <laughs> is it two women from God? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not oh. uh, okay nowadays, but <laughs> that's not surprising any of our listeners. This was a. This was two thousand eight. Anyway, you know what is better though than you know it's better all around on as a hot sauce, Aardvark secret Aardvark sauce is. Ooh, I haven't uh, had never heard of that. What, dude, Benny, you are. A, I said I've never heard of that before. Yeah, you are from Portland, are you not? Yeah, yeah. Secret yeah. Aardvark is like the the thing. Dude, I'm a Tapatio head. Like, I, I, that's the only hot sauce that I use what? on any like, type of cuisine. I like, I like Tapatio. Tapatio yeah. is good. I have Tapatio. I have, I have a local hot sauce. I always have. A, I try to have about a rotating of five to six different hot sauces. I'm. In, in I the am. Fridge or in the dude, at all times. This. This is like the. This is the thing you get at like every breakfast place in Portland is Arvark sauce. Oh, then I then I've had it. It's like on every table. It's new. Every no, it's not new. No, no. I'm sure I've seen it. Oh, I've been you... to breakfast places in Portland. Oh. Uh, Aardvark sauce sponsor the pod, even if they don't understand how good well, your hot sauce <laughs> is. <laughs> either, either in September or before, we we are for sure all going to that Oregon State Montana State football game. That's true. In Portland, which will be held, which will include several <laughs> hungover breakfasts <laughs> with with much Aardvark sauce. There you go. New, well, I, I'm sure I've had this JP, but I just haven't registered the t the names of Portland hot sauces I've used. Well, this is so definitely 
a staple in my fridge, and it goes on eggs. It goes on. This is not a sponsored segment, but it it goes it on should, eggs. It, it goes on pizza. It goes on mac and cheese. It goes on chicken. It goes on whatever you want for a hot sauce. It goes yeah. in your burrito. It's amazing. I put a little bit of hot sauce on on a bowl of ice cream. Give it a little kick. Ooh. That's the mm. next salt and straw flavor. Next salt and straw I've never, series. It's I've never actually tried that. I was just you were just listing very conventional things to put hot sauce on, so I was trying to come up with something weird. I had <laughs> the weirdest flavor of ice cream when I was down in Mexico a couple months ago. It was chicharrones flavored ice cream, which is like it's like pigskin. Ew. Right? Like fried guess- fried pigskin. And I thought that the ice cream was going to taste not like chicharrones for some reason because that would just be weird but like it tasted exactly like chicharrones it was and it was oh so it it, it tasted flavor. exactly what the flavor said it would taste like yeah but you know like i mean <laughs> i've had avocado i i also had avocado ice cream down there and it doesn't That's really taste different. Like avocado. yeah yeah right. it is different <laughs> and lavender flavored ice cream oh i had honey lavender from salt and straw yesterday i did nice yeah, there's a uh, be- when I was listening to so one good. of the I was listening to the intros and I think we were talking. It was, I think it was episode 24 when we were talking about Kobe and Ben was talking about throwing pistachio shells into the the garbage can and just how he ate like a bunch of pistachios that night. There's a brewery here that does a pistachio cream ale that's really fucking oh, good. Man, that sounds yeah. really Dude, good. Are you my guys place. stalking yeah. me like literally yesterday at Salt and Straw, the mini bebe asked for a pistachio. They have a pistachio ice cream. It was a pistachio rose water. It was not good. Oh, pistachio ice cream is a thing. So no, I guess pistachio, it's not real. Yeah. pistachio rose water. So that was weird. It was pistachio weird. rose water. Yeah. We're getting back into our mm. our intro thing. We need to go back to Oregon State sports. Be- oh. Benny was the was the ice cream spot in Mexico called Sal y Paja because that is uh, salt and straw in Spanish. Oh no, it was definitely oh. just like a random table that was uh, that some locals had up. Like I don't I don't think it had a name. Terry is so disappointed. <laughs> Terry, when you go to Mexico, you have to open up a Sali Paja right. ice cream parlor. I'll, I'll I'll find some chicharrones ice cream down there this weekend for you, we age, and we'll we'll oh, compare yeah. we'll compare notes. Yeah, sounds good. Speaking <laughs> of comparing <laughs> notes, I don't know. That's my segue. Speaking of, speaking of comparing notes, Terry's going to go back to the show notes here. We uh. <laughs> I have to talk about we have to talk about the other diamond sport and since uh it was more on the losing end than the winning end this weekend that means it gets placed as the other diamond sport while softball was the headliner see how we do that there uh Oregon State baseball drops a weekend series at Arizona one win and two losses and tumbles all the way down the rankings to second we're still second in the country and we won our 40th game Another 41 season. I don't think that happens very often. I, I had the note looked up and I didn't enter it into the show notes because I was doing something else. I think it's the fourth time we've won 40 games Makes uh, sense. in the regular in the regular season. Um, so that gives us we still hold a one game lead over Stanford, but the uh, Cardinal do hold the tiebreaker by virtue of the series that they beat the Beavs in by a two one tally. So this marks just the second series uh, we've dropped. Uh, another couple of crazy games. Um, I know it was hot. It was hot down there in Tucson. 
Uh, ball carried a pitching look great for stretches, but then just kind of unraveled. Um, so I got, we got, I don't, I think I know the answer, but I, we got to ask it guys. Is this uh, is this disappointing series something or nothing? Mm. I, I think it's something, but not in the way that you are asking mm. the question. Wow. I think it's something. I think it's, this I think is top, sh- top shelf podcasting. Buckle in, listeners. <laughs> buckle in. Buckle up I, or in? No, buckle, buckle in. Buckle in. Settle buckle, in. buckle up and settle in. <laughs> buckle down. Buckle Look, down un- and Unbuckle the restrictions on your thought processes because I'm going to blow your minds. That's right. And I'll blow your mind with this. I think that we needed this. We mm, needed like to be Ooh. humbled a little bit. Not humbled. I shouldn't say that. We needed to be, we needed to face some sort of adversity um, because I've, I feel like when you win, as many games as we had won consecutively um, and just that winning streak that we were on, it becomes almost like um, you're like, you're not giving your 110% when you're, when you're going out there um, just because you, you have that confidence and that's sort of good. But I think Oregon state needed to face adversity um, and they'll remember this when they go into the postseason. Um, they host the regionals and hopefully the super regionals. So uh, you can never take a day off. And I think that was a, a good reminder for Oregon State of of that lesson. Yeah. Well, we also had we had the Sunday scaries again, where we just could not figure out the pitching on our Sunday rubber match. The Friday game was like it was entertaining. I mean, that it was at the eighth inning where we just exploded right and we we had the uh forester grand slam we had the the rally with you know the different hits through uh to break the tie but and i and I, that was great of course it, it got a little bit uh, worrisome still and you know the the bottom half of the eighth and, the, and obviously the bottom of the ninth but I uh, I don't know. I don't know where to take this performance. I feel like pitching-wise, it was very disappointing. It was very hot, as you alluded to, Terry. I think at first pitch on Friday evening was 87. First pitch on Saturday evening was 99. It was obviously an, it was an hour earlier, so it still was pretty early before sunset. And then I don't I don't see the first pitch temp for sunday's game but i know people were saying we got like up to like over 100 and we were in our all black uh alternates so why why is the pac-12 tournament in scottsdale I, well i don't know because because it's baseball weather and they don't have to worry about i mean la or somewhere like that would have been probably fine but you have to have the facilities for one sure i get and that you also need the weather and so i it it makes sense as like a first run just like the Pac-12 football championship used to be right. in San Francisco. I'm just worried we'll get matched up with Arizona, who plays in it all the time. And it's going to be like, oh, your semifinal game is at 4 p.m. Temperate first pitch is 193. Like, Good luck, Beavers. And they're the road team for this matchup. And they're in the all black. <laughs> I'm not terribly worried about the PAC 12 tournament. Like, I'm not, I'm not super worried. We, either. Just... Yeah. As long as we get a four seed or higher, like I'm okay. Yeah. We'll be, really we'll be more eight. than a four seed, but yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean like I, a four overall seed. Yeah. 
Well, here's what I want to take away from this this weekend, though. The bats are still hot. Melton's still hot. Bazana's coming back on insanely yeah. hot right now, which is very, very, very great for this offense. Meckler yeah. is just still crazy good. So this team is stacked, stacked offensively, and that is starting to peak again right now. When it right. comes to pitching, it's the starters have looked fairly good. You know, we we had uh, Kamat's got his first loss right. of the season on Saturday. Sunday's bullpen just didn't did not look ready, or they looked and, tired. But like, what I want to say is this: is that these guys have, especially the starters, have been throwing a lot, and this is late in the season. You're you're bound to have fatigue in the arm i hope i hope i hope i hope that they have some very easy outings within from now until regionals they need them they need some quick innings they need some low pitch counts you know fenix came came in on sunday and just didn't have it and like his like the, the pitches just weren't there they just weren't there he still threw 67 pitches in two and two thirds, not efficient at all. Um, a ton of walks. So, as long as pitching can get some rest, as starters especially, I'm feeling confident for this team's run, even in the Pac-12 tournament and beyond. Yeah, that yeah. is a uh, that is a hitter's park down there in Tucson too. Not well, that yeah. you ever, not that you ever wanted to just be like, oh, like that's the reason why. You but it's a hitter's park for both teams. Yeah. It's part for both teams, obviously. So that that's you know part of our bat success at the plate is you know credit to, to that as well. But I, I don't. This isn't anything to panic over. Um, I think yeah. I think Oregon State baseball Twitter is kind of divided into. <laughs> it's kind of amusing, especially as someone who's like not a, a college baseball expert, but has just been you know following this as closely as I have uh, for for since. Be uh, like prior to last year, but just be like, oh, like this is like this is a clearly a really good team. We're doing great, but also there's this half of the fan base that like any weird pitching substitution just come rains down fire on Mitch's decision making. And, <laughs> and there's just and I'm not I'm not um, hating on any fans either, but it's just like that shows just like the crazy expectations that are there with this team like we picked up our 40th win we're still ranked number two in the country we played right. a really good conference uh arizona i think has had something of a disappointing season and they're still damn good and yeah they're probably gonna yeah, weren't we supposed to pick fourth by some publications yeah well, i thought it was arizona and stanford that were supposed arizona to be at the stanford, top some had yeah. ucla ahead of us too yeah oh oh maybe that's Which, what it was it's a good conference and yeah guys are guys are strong guys are good they're gonna Arizona's got but you can't be you players. can't be fourth at conference to like, be second in the rankings overall. So we are. I mean, I'm happy sure. with where we're sitting. I'm happy with where we're sitting. I I, I yeah, can't. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for what the expectations were by any means. And I don't think right. we're falling yeah, right. short. Um. By the way, speaking of just like weird shit, like the whole Verberg thing. Did you guys see that when? I'm still confused as to what happened there. Uh-uh. Carter Carter Baines tweeted out. Um, some explanation that like with the bases are empty, that call like legally isn't supposed to be made. So Verberg was in the right, but I'm still like kind of mystified as to everything that happened with that whole sequence. 
Yeah, and then he just th- fire, like heaves it in there and hits Tanner Tremba <laughs> on the next pitch. I don't know if that was just out of like total uh, annoyance or he got thrown out off his rhythm or what. But also, the reason I bring this up is like it was weird. I, I don't know if anyone really has an answer for what the fuck happened, but Tanner Otremba is a baseball name. I have to just say. <laughs> and it, and there's, there's, no, there's no better name for the, the yeah. shape of that player right. uh, or a baseball player than Tanner Otremba. Is like, what is O? Like, I have to know what is Otremba. I mean, we've talked about some of the guys uh, that are Oregon State athletes with different unique last names, but is Otremba really Irish? Like O apostrophe no. Tremba? <laughs> no. It sounds like an Italian person that moved to Ireland and tried to assimilate. <laughs> Like someone's like their name was like Francisco Tremba, and then they moved to Ireland, and it became like Taryn Otremba. Taryn Taryn Otremba, King of the Celts, the Celts. There's literally nothing on the internet. I'm doing this at the part of the podcast where we look things up. There's nothing on the internet that talks about the origins of the surname Otremba. Tanner, you know this isn't a diss or anything, so I don't want it to sound like one. But there's been a, a thing. Fuck, I I won't be able to credit this to where the first place I saw it. But there's this great sort of internet meme uh thing of people who look like their names. Oh yeah, and, and T- Tanner Otremba looks exactly how you think Tanner Otremba. <laughs> <laughs> this is a college baseball player in every sense of the word exactly like you don't even need to see you know you don't even have to look at him to know what he looks like if you read his name that's it right it's a baseball player name that's yeah that's up there with with dizzy dean in terms of great <laughs> being born to play baseball with with those names oh, oh my man. god tanner tanner otremble i i know we we <laughs> We we're going to see him again in the Pac-12 conference tournament. We just have to. But yeah, Tanner Otremba is definitely all-American name team. <laughs> Who is the golfer that played uh, for Alabama? What was that guy's name? Oh, Cannon. Cannon Claycomb. Yeah. Cannon Claycomb. That's right. right. Yeah. Shout out to Cannon Claycomb. He apparently is a very, very good golfer. <laughs> well, he has yeah, no he was... everything. <laughs> Yeah, well, he got on our radar because he was like going to freaking nationals. Yes, <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> we weren't just looking at r- random golfers. No, like, I would do that. I would look, do that. I guess you would, but yeah. I mean, wow. it's kind of random. <laughs> All right. So what's the when's the next game? When's when's the UCLA series? Be be gone, Tanner Otremba, you fake Irishman. Be gone, Tan- Tanner Otremba. <laughs> Um, I'm I don't know, I'm trying to come up with better better baseball names. Um, the best this is a nickname, but the best baseball nickname ever. Scott, so I read that book by uh, Jonah Carey, a uh, national baseball writer about the Montreal Expos, and they had a like, related the to Kenny, Jade. the Kenny not related to Jade, different spelling. Uh, he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out shout out jade carey we can't go an episode without mentioning you um <laughs> he uh the the ex some of those great expos teams they had a player named mike scott who is sort of their like kenny lofton but even more more of like a willie mays hayes speaking of great names like base stealing uh specialist and his 
as a speed guy, his nickname was Cool Breeze. That's like cool. That. I feel like if you're if it, if people call you Cool Breeze because of how fast you are, you've got to be the coolest person on the planet, or at right. least top five. Yes, maybe top seven. Yes. You know what name I really loved in baseball, just in general, or like sports in general, was Coco Crisp. Oh, Coco Crisp! Yeah. Yeah. Coco Crisp is so yeah. good. Yeah, that name. Dude, baseball names just make sense. Out of the mouth. CC right, Sabathia. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like there are modern players. I guess they're not modern anymore, but there are semi-modern <laughs> players. Technically modern. Who have great baseball names? Shohei Otani. That's a great baseball name. Hammer and Hank. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> modern, Benny. Wait. A- Mi- Mickey. Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he probably played a few games of ball. According yeah. to Major League, uh, Jesus Christ is – I like him very much, but he's no help with curveball. Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know what? Jesus Christ had to have been a big part of Angels in the outfield. There's no way they were there without him. So That's true. Jesus Christ, yeah. baseball name. Jesus Christ, Matthew McConaughey, Adrian Brody, Danny Glover, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, I, b- I believe those are all of the apostles. Uh, Sunday school is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Boof Bonzer. Yeah. Daryl Strawberry. Oh, Mookie see? Wilson. Oh, uh, could you say Mookie Goose Betts. Gossage. Dude, oh, Raleigh yeah. Fingers. Dude, I feel like I met Raleigh Fingers' son. Somewhere. Did he have a Did mustache you? that curled up? No. <laughs> I think he's friends with um, Sandwich Greg. Ooh. Shout out to Sandwich Greg. Sandwich Greg. Yeah. Is that a friend of ours or a classic baseball player? <laughs> Sandwich Greg is a depression era baseball player. <laughs> and he's an extra in Field of Dreams <laughs> 2. <laughs> uh, the baggiest of pants tucked into knee high socks. <laughs> With a sandwich hanging out one side of his mouth, a cigarette in the other, and a bad hand. Maybe that's why Sandwich hasn't aged a day in the years we've been friends with him, because he's just a, a, a baseball-playing ghost from the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have won 20 games that year. God damn it, Greg. That was 104 years ago. Get over it. <laughs> um, so, JP, you asked when does the series start? It starts <laughs> yeah. on Thursday, May Thank 19th. Ke- Kevin Garnett's birthday. Whoa. Uh, that's how you'll remember Anything that. Anything is possible. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Kevin Garnett's birthday. The official day of May 19th. In year... <laughs> In year of our Lord and Goose Gossage, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is great. This is funny. I, I can't wait until the summer episodes when literally no sports are in. <laughs> uh, we're getting to the point where my stomach hurts. Men's basketball! Uh, speaking of stomach hurting. <laughs> speaking of stomachs hurting in a different way. Over under, how many times do I vomit because of Oregon State men's basketball in Year of Our Lord 2022 Goose Gossage? No, no, I feel good about this season. We've made I'm vomiting the Christmas goose already. I I I'm looking at the, the show notes and Gossage, I hardly knew her. I'll stop. What? Stop. <laughs> I think that Tinkle is turning this around fast. 
I really honestly think that potentially loyal. Do not laugh at me. I'm. You're I'm laughing, laughing about Harley Newman. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Self, self-imposed mute for the next. Okay. There he goes. Man, I, I honestly, and not to cut you off, but I was just thinking in my head how passionate you were and how much that was convincing me that we are going to be See? really good soon. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be in the Elite Eight next season. I don't think we're going to be 12th next season, but I do think what Tinkle is doing is hitting the reset button in the right ways with the right people, and he's replenishing the talent pool fairly quickly. And I and look, last year we talked about the talent pool being like, oh, man, we are deep. We've got all these great transfers. We've got all these returning players. The returning players clearly had their own issues, and it just didn't work out. The transfer players had their own issues, and it didn't work out. Both of those things colliding did not work out. Then you've got an overarching coaching staff that clearly was uh, unsuited for the new era of collegiate sports. Now we've got some new assistants. Now we've got some new players. Tim Shelton coming in. He's got Oregon State ties. Oregon State ties. His dad, Lonnie Shelton, mm. a Beaver legend. Also, He's on the mural. He's on the mural. My limit's up, and I'm fired up. There you go. And he's also <laughs> an NBA champion. And so bringing Tim Shelton in from Fresno State is a big get for us. You know why? Because I think that he's he talks about himself, especially as a guy that can get players to, to, to mold together. He, he sees himself mm. as a mentor. He sees himself as a motivator. He's one of those guys who talks about, like, I've just done all of this that you're doing now not that long ago. I mean, he played at Fresno State, what, like the mid, mid-aughts? So he knows what it's like to be a more modern college basketball player. He also knows mm. what it's like to be in Corvallis. He talks all, uh, all the interviews that have read or seen from him he's saying my dad talks about all the time he loved it in corvallis like this so it's like one of his best memories as a basketball player and i mean he was an all-star he was a defense player of the year he was an nba champion like it it, it makes it seem like he's been kind of groomed to understand what it's like what it takes to play in corvallis without actually doing it himself so i feel like the shelton hire fills a big big void that could have really probably fixed a lot of things last year the other one i think that's interesting is the eric ravino hire because the like he knows the northwest he was the up coach for like 10 10 years whatever he was western conference western coast conference coach of the year uh when on his third year with up after he kind of turned that program around for a bit and you know eventually got got let go but uh, that's another one that's very interesting because it's like a local tie. So maybe we're starting to look more more locally for talent, right? And I and I think that that's another interesting get where it's not just like one of Tinkle's guys. It's somebody again who played in the pack. He played at Stanford, who is coached in the Northwest and recruited in the Northwest, and could be could be some great experience to kind of fill the void that's left now. Like you got Coach Bubba, you've got uh, Coach Shelton, you got Tinkle, and then you, you get some experience in there with Ravino. So I like that hire a lot as well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that um, I didn't know all about all that about uh, Tim Shelton. So 
I, I mean, I think that he's the, he's a great fit. I do think that Eric Ravino is, I mean, when I saw that name pop up, I, that's a massive get. I remember when he was at UP and like uh, uh, that his trajectory was sky high at the time. Yep. Um, so the fact uh, that they both do have Northwest ties um, and specifically the fact that Tim Shelton views himself as someone who can bring people together um, is huge because I think the one thing that I'm still super worried about is that Tinkle is bringing people in via the transfer portal. Um, and if he doesn't learn from his mistakes last year, he's going to have the same problem where you have two very separate groups of people who have been at Oregon state and people who haven't. Um, and I think that he's bringing the right people in to capitalize on those mistakes that he made last year. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I really hope that he, he finds what that magic is and, and turns, uh, that part of things around Chicago Cubs catcher pickles, Dillhofer. Oh God, here we go. <coughs> Tinkles, the Chicago guy. There is a Chicago Cubs catcher named pickles, Dillhofer. Um, I think. All of the tires from this uh, off season, um, I think, I, I think are steps in the right direction and kind of reversing the the mistakes that Tinkle made going in, into last year. Where I, I'm not going to call her Elite Eight run fool's gold uh, because when you go to the Elite Eight, you go to the Elite Eight. <laughs> there, there's no kind of luck or uh, you know parlor tricks that get you there. You have to get there by being good at basketball, whether it's in a ha half full arenas and a, a still still in the pandemic or not uh i like shelton a lot i i think everything you said about shelton's uh familiarity with the program uh jp is is huge for him echo for for ravino ravino i'm intrigued by the christian Wright transfer from georgia as well mm -hmm. uh we talked a bit with uh, uh sam on the payton years during the the birthday spaces and on, on the discord i'm just in kind of a all right prove it like this is this is very much like, you know, it's, this is some rules of horse, but like you you lose on the last letter. There's sort of that option, and based on the way you play, I don't know how you guys were playing horse, but you get H O R S E. If you miss, you get a chance to prove it, and if you make it again, the E gets taken off, and you get to keep playing. Yeah. This is a prove it year. Very, I I think. I like. I think Tinkle knows how to coach basketball. I think Tinkle can be a successful college basketball coach. We can't have another just garbage season from a wins and losses standpoint. No. But I think we can learn a lot from my favorite TV show, Ted Lasso, and understand that the animal that has the shortest memory is, is a gosh darn goldfish. And I think we can, you know, take, take what happened last year, be mad about it, be sad about it or whatever. And figure out what there is to learn about it, and then be a gosh darn goldfish and not think about it anymore, and just go out and hoop. Like there's needs, we're gonna roll the ball out and go out and hoop at a certain point here, and we need to not worry about the elite eight. We need to not worry about three and twenty eight, any of that shit. And it's just gonna come down to the guys that are here and what's gonna happen moving forward. And I think we need to think as much about this season as a clean slate as possible, and then. Uh, analyze it as as such but i think it's smart to bring in young blood uh and people who understand at least the program and from a geographical standpoint just the 
college basketball landscape in the Pacific Northwest is smart. Are you calling Wayne Tinkle Tink Lassel? <laughs> <laughs> it's close. It's close. I mean, uh, you could, if there was like a Ted Lasso equivalent in men's collegiate basketball, it probably would be the Oregon State program. Yeah. So maybe mm. he'll put a, a homemade believe sign in the locker room. Uh, maybe he'll have everyone watch the show together. I don't know. I think that would be helpful. They just need to start believing in themselves. I don't know, though. I mean, I, I agree that they, they should do something like that. But what I'm thinking is, is like this, this was like a, a, a missed, this is a missed opportunity, a, a, a closed window that had maybe one year of magic left potentially where the modern state of basketball, college basketball, and our program just did not overlap. And so I don't think that this is him fixing last year than it, than any more than it is a course correction where he realized in one year, which is like really, I mean, at, it's admirable from my perspective as like a fan to say like, hey, this guy figured out in one year he's making the right moves. I don't know if they're the right calls yet, but he, he made a swift decision, multiple swift decisions after one year realizing, ah, this is not working now in today's collegiate athletic environment. And he made some quick moves. And I think the moves right now on paper, at very least that he made, are the are the – are good ones. I don't know if they're the right ones or the best ones yet. I will I will put my name on it saying that they are good ones for where we were last year, for where it was potentially missing, whether it's from our perspective or rumors. And I think that he's that's that is that is a sign of somebody that's willing to adapt and not stuck in their ways, and which is why I still have faith in Wayne Tinkle going forward, because I know that his response to last season what which was a clusterfuck by all means is uh showing that he's not going to be like just an old stick in the mud he's going to be doing what he can to bring his program into the modern era and he's bringing in the right people to do so yeah <clears throat> and i would say uh you know the the one thing that sam brought up uh on our twitter space is that i think goes unmentioned typically when we talk about Oregon State basketball, Oregon State men's basketball, um, is that they dealt with a ton of injuries last year too. So yeah. I think that Tinkle sort of did the best that he could with the cards that he was dealt. Um, and, and also, like, if you look at it, uh, they didn't have the talent to stack up with other uh, Elite Eight teams when when they made that run. That was uh, a matter of a team filled with, you know, three star, mostly athletes, one, four star, uh, that learned how to play together yep. and, and win as a team over individuals and, uh, bad coaches don't make it to the elite eight with sub tier talent. And I think that totally. that goes, but, but, but good coaches certainly can have a real shit season. So, I'm with you. I think that that points to Wayne being much more of a really good coach that had a bad season than um, than a uh, a bad coach that got lucky and made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I think that's something that I, I want our listeners to hear like, and reiterate to them is that we didn't have an insane talent pool. Like, yeah, we had Ethan. We had yeah. Zach. 
and we had you know some a healthy team and we had a couple transfers that came in and were impact players you know where Eth's knees were good we had all of that it, like the stars aligned but it doesn't mean that they were five-star dudes that tinkle coasted to the elite eight i mean right they were who they were and the the guys we brought in last year were don't you dare terry the, the guys we brought in last year were were I don't know, arguably better than the Elite Eight team. For like, sure. I mean, when it comes to evaluated their evaluated talent levels, like they were they were arguably better. And, it, and I think the difference from the Elite Eight year to last year was strictly outside of injuries. Because the injuries, yeah, they happened, and that's what really derailed the season midway through. But the but the, the W's weren't there, like from the beginning. Right. So like I, I can't write off the whole season due to just the injuries. Like they, I mean, Andela was the, really the only injury to start the season, and you know, Shoal was never playing. He wasn't injured, but he wasn't even on the team lot the year before. So that was really the early, the early turmoil that they had faced. Mm-hmm. But like, they just couldn't get the guys to mesh. They right. had better talent. They were deeper team. Before the injuries, where they should have been stockpiling Ws, they didn't do it, and they just couldn't get the guys to mesh. And Tinkle said that's on him, but I really think he's realizing it's on me because I am the head coach. But it wasn't on me because I've got other shit to worry about. So, right, and that's the change in the assistance. That's what that's what's happening. Like it's not a talent thing. It's not a scouting thing. It it's it's uh bringing the guys together, getting in the right roles, getting to buy in, and I think that's what what he's changing with these hires. I also don't think that it's necessarily the coach's job at most, if any, uh, Division One basketball programs to be the um, mediator of culture, right? Like that, that comes from the assistants or like the uh, graduate assistants. Um, they're the ones who are spending the majority of the time with the uh, uh, student athletes and, yep. and the coaches, I think more X's and O's and on the recruiting trail, that sort of thing. Um, so th- to your point, uh, if you're going to make a culture change, it definitely starts with the assistants. Yep. Terry, final thoughts on men's basketball. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna win the PK three hundred eighty five, <laughs> and so is Oregon. Oregon's gonna win their bracket of the PK three hundred eighty five because Shocker. we are on opposite bracket, dude. The fucking because they bought I, I their victories. Asked, I know you asked me to like talk about the actual team, but I think you guys kind of nailed it on the head there, and I don't have any more insight to offer. No, which is not new for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> buying tickets to the PK. Uh, 385 is very, very frustrating. And there, there are two brackets on both the men's and women's side. So I think uh, when it was initially set up, which was immediately after our Elite Eight run, they're kind of, I think, maybe hoping to have both Oregon and Oregon State be close to winning their respective brackets. So it, my understanding of it is that we cannot play Oregon in that thing. So I think both of us are going to win. On both the men's and women's sides. <laughs> this is this is the wee age equivalent of going through the entire football schedule and projecting fourteen straight forty-two to fourteen wins. <laughs> and then it's that's going to be the uh, Pac-12 championship preview. And I think no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we make a pact to be at the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas in March yes. next year. 
That's yes. what I think about Oregon State men's basketball. <laughs> yeah. Here we I'm go. Down. Here we go. Live show. Making plans. More live shows. <laughs> More plans that we have a hard time fulfilling. How about this for plans? I just booked my flight for the Montana State football. Yeah. I booked and my, my Thanksgiving uh, weekend drive or Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my truck ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, so yeah, JP, I'm I'm coming for Thanksgiving. I'll I'll eat in the basement by myself. But no, you can um, join me at the table. I'll 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 <laughs> whatever family the kid table plans whatever. I love the kids table. Um, <laughs> we we should move on. Uh, golf, um, JP, I'm gonna lean on you for the golf segment. I know um, men's golf uh, ends day one in the in their regional in in fifth place. And uh, that's uh, uh, in, in position uh, to, to advance. So the pretty pretty good day uh, for them to start. Um, wh- what else is going? What is, is going on with the Oregon State men's? Yeah, golf? it was a good day in Texas, Texas style, baby. They Brian, were... Brian, Texas. <laughs> good day in Brian, Texas, Texas style. Oh, yes. Fifth place. Nice. I one. haven't hung out with that dude since we were with Franklin, Tennessee, and Sammy Ford. <laughs> yeah, all all you need is those four and a cannon clay comb, and your day is made. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't have nights like that anymore. I had to go to jail. <laughs> anyway, talk about the actual golf team. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're they're in fifth through the first eighteen. Uh, they need to be in fifth to advance. We've got two golfers in the top eleven. So we got Matteo Fuenmayer, who's minus four through the first eighteen. He had a great show. Oh, yeah. He's tied for third overall in the regional. And then we've got Carson Berry, minus two, tied for eleventh. But uh, yeah, the rest of the team still hanging around. They can make some moves over the course of the next few days. By the time this episode comes out, we'll probably know a lot about the positioning of the golfers in the team. So you know, keep it up, men's golf. Way to go! Oh yeah, do it Texas style. Chop them Texas style. Texas style. Hey, uh, who's who's? Um, well. I'll just ask what I'm trying to figure out. Where's Cannon Claycomb in those rankings of the leaderboard <laughs> in Bryan, Texas? I don't know. This this is where I'll have to go back and look it up. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Cannon Claycomb is going to become the first non-Oregon State athlete to sign an NIL deal with the Belligerent Beeves podcast. <laughs> 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 I have no idea. I can't figure out where the hell. Our, our new dream is to play golf with Cannon Claycomb at Tristan Tree during the Belligerent Beeves <laughs> golf scramble with him wearing the Belligerent Beeves Tristan Tree swag. <laughs> While JP is looking stuff up, that is belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. <laughs> no, I have no idea. We'll update, we'll update everyone next week with how Cannon uh, Claycomb did in the regionals. But uh, moving into women's golf, unfortunately, their season has come to a close. They did finish eighth in Franklin, where the only the top four advanced for women's golf, which um, you know left us on the outside looking in. But you know, shout out to uh, to the to the team for mo- most all of them, other than Ellie Slamo, was their first experience. So, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Other than you know, missing 2020 because of COVID and 2021 because of the because fake of inclement weather bullshit. Mm. Boo, boo. Hey, NCAA, fuck you. Yeah, we still yeah. have. Also, Franklin, Tennessee, fuck you too. Yeah, you're hiding yeah. under the guise of being a town. We know you're a real person, and we're <laughs> never smoking pot with you again. Franklin, never, Tennessee. No, you're, you're not fun. We are Brian Texas and Cannon Claycomb heads now. Your time and our crew has come to an end, pal. Yep, exactly. you're fired, buddy. Hey, but I, I wanted to give I want to give Ellie Sam a big shout out. That uh, you know she's definitely been one of the greatest golfers in Oregon State golf history. I mean, she's uh, played for five years, won three individual titles, earned All Pac-12 honors three times, holds. The Oregon State records for career scoring average, top 10 finishes in a season, lowest single round score, lowest three round score, and a total number of subpar scores. That's insane. That what bad. a badass. Good on you, Ellie. Thank you so much for all you've done for our program. Much appreciated. You know what, the, you know what this means? Belligerent, Beeves, oh! all the same. It's been a while. Since we've yes. had instruction, JP, I need the cl- I need the belligerent beast orchestra struck up right now. I need the air horn going. I need lasers. I want helicopter noises. I want the the second section of the belligerent beast orchestra coming on over that. I need pomp and circumstance, and I need fanfare for its own sake. Ellie Slama, welcome. To the belligerent beefs hall of fame hell yeah hell yeah you deserve it we don't we are a humble lowly podcast and we don't have much to give but we can give you this that no one else can some people think the ncaa hall of fame is more prestigious and they're right but you know what They use a bullshit, fake, inclement weather excuse to steal the 2021 season away from the Oregon State women's golf team. So fuck them. We would never do that. We'd let it play. We'd do it live. <laughs> and live from my drip system. <laughs> Elliot Slamma, newest inductee into the Belligerent Beefs Hall of Fame. Let's have a round of applause Woo! from the election committee. Yeah. For the belligerent, new belligerent beefs Hall of Famer. I love Hell it. Hell yeah, Ellie Slamma. Great nomination. Great induction. Well said, Queen, Terry. Queen shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Boss ass <laughs> baller shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's the tip, the top, tip top of the pyramid of great exactly. golfers to come through our program. Thank you. Ellie Slamma is so much cooler than Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> and I hate and that Clay dude. Comb. Cannon's still cool with me, but Ellie's better. But Franklin, Tennessee, fuck him. I don't. Ha- if you guys try to bring Franklin, Tennessee around anymore, I'm out. I'm done. I don't hang with that dude anymore. He's crazy and not in the good way. We, we we should make sure we align on how we feel about Franklin, Tennessee, because if he does come around, this is a story for a different day. You don't want Benny shouting at him that that he wants to like fight him uh when oh, things, yeah when things are already calm <laughs> yeah that's right 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will also say uh, this is uh, just one of the many um, competitions that we have with Tennessee. So I think Franklin, Tennessee is going to be hating us by the end of the month here. Damn yeah. right. Damn right. That's right. Well, let's go. <laughs> more more shout outs uh we have to give a shout out to the number 13 ranked oregon state women's rowing team which earned uh, a fourth place finish in the pac-12 championship for the second consecutive year uh maintaining its place in the top third of the conference um now awaiting to find out if it qualifies for an at-large bid for the 2022 NCAA Rowing Championships, which will be May 27th through the 29th in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, Sarasota, Florida does not sound like the name of someone we'd maybe hang out with, so we won't hate on it for for now. <laughs> for now, for now, <laughs> unless you wrong us, Sarasota, Florida. So, uh, so good, good, good luck, ladies. Um, way to way to way to hold it down. Um, way to you know keep keep a. Finishing in the top of a of tough conference uh, for rowing um, is, is my, my understanding. And uh, Oregon State men's rowing, which uh, finished in third place on Sunday, the Pac-12 championship Sunday uh, at Dexter Lake. And uh, we will also be awaiting what happened, their fate uh, for the selection show. Um, so good luck to both Oregon and State rowing teams. Uh, wishing nothing but the best. Hope you get into the respective NCAA tournament fields and that you keep holding it down uh, for our, uh, our our great programs. Uh, we love the Willamette River. We've floated it a time or two, not nearly as fast as uh, y'all <laughs> go down it, I imagine. Much, much slower. <laughs> With more um, beer. And more, more beer. <laughs> I, 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 we, well, we can't be, say that for sure. Uh, pro- probably. <laughs> um, and then also uh, women's track and field at the Pac-12 uh, Conference uh, Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kaylee Mitchell had a very, very good weekend. Uh, it's like fifth place in the 5,000 meters uh, for Oregon State. Um, and uh, Aneka Moriasdorf um, also uh, scored big in the long jump and the triple jump. So uh, that wraps up the the season for Oregon State uh, women's track and field, but with a couple athletes scoring high in those championships as well. Well done, ladies. Chop them. Keep holding it down. We're proud of you. Uh, good shit uh, all around um, for, for all Oregon State uh, athletics mm-hmm. this week. And and we've got some exciting stuff to look forward to this week with softball, baseball, these rowing selection shows, maybe some football drama. Probably not. I think that's kind of <laughs> done. Uh, Benny's already not paying attention and just planning the bonus belligerence to, to be recorded after this. Um, and uh, and yeah. Good episode. Uh, you guys got anything else you you, you want to add for for the people to to put a bow on episode forty eight? June's gonna be fun. <laughs> June is gonna June's going to be fun. June's gonna be fun. Hot beef summer. That's right. Is that the is that the like antithesis of your uh, like fuck December or whatever it was when, <laughs> when you talked about your your cut off shirts? No, December, fucking fu- <laughs> December fucking sucked. December fucking sucked. That's what it was. 
<laughs> when did you I forgot about that? When did it you do did, that? And uh, what? When did you do that? I don't know. Episode thirty. Like it was like we talked about Benny cutting the sleeves off every T-shirt he owned, and then he said December fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Benny's yeah. not really a sleeve guy. To that. Benny's not even really a clothes guy. I can't believe you still live in the Pacific Northwest, given how much you hate clothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just cut off the pieces I don't like. (laughs) Which is all of them. (laughs) All of them. Oh, man. Well, D.D. Gregorius. No, stop. <laughs> Thank you again. If you've made it this far in the episode, you're a real belligerent beef's head, and we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon members uh, for hanging with us in the Discord and for uh, helping support us to make the show happen and make it better. Little, little bit. Each episode at a time. Thank you to our friends at Seamheaded uh, for sponsoring the show. That is Seamheaded.com for all of your baseball apparel needs. Once again, one more time, best of luck to Oregon State baseball and softball this weekend. We will be watching belligerent as all hell. I will be not relaxing on the beach in Mexico because I will be too into these games. Uh, so if you're a Beavs fan in Mexico, hit me up. I'm down to clown. And watch these games together um, from <laughs> all of us here at the Belligerent Bees. My name is Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on the IGs. Joined by my co-host JP Bertram at the Trial J on Twitter. He's too trial to be real, and at JP Bertram on Instagram. And in Tacoma, Washington, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, aka Benny with the good coffees at Benny L1986 on all of your social media channels. Thank you again for tuning in. Tune in again to a new episode next week. Go check out the recording of our Twitter birthday spaces if you weren't able to make the party. Check out our merch on belligerenteves.com. Goss got him, Tease. Goss got him, Tease. You gotta get him for the fucking College World Series run and just your hot beef summer apparel. Uh, We've got everything for you. So get to belligerentbeefs.com slash merch. Check out the back-end episodes. As we mentioned, it's a narrative podcast. Send us your favorite random baseball player names and let's keep this stupid-ass bit going for as long as we can. But more important than all that, remember, always remember, that you cannot spell Chopum without hope. Chop him. Chop him. Chop him. Bring back Bernice. Bring her back now. <laughs>